0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Let me just start by saying it is my great honor to be able to bring these programs to you every day as long as I'm physically able to. So, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all the people that listen. It is it's an honor for me to be able to serve. And you probably already detected it, but this is about one thing. I'm trying to warn people That's what I'm called to do, and I think that God is going to give you and I, in other words, myself, my wife, and all of those people that support us, a very, very big blessing. Uh, It it keeps coming to me to to tell you a a vision that Leslie had. I wasn't planning on this, so i I, I, I tell you what, I'm going I'm I'm to pause for a second. I'm going to pull it up, I'm going to make a PowerPoint, because I think it's an encouragement to you, so hang on just a second. Okay, so I just paused, and I just put together this uh, vision, actually, uh, because I think it, you're in it, you're behind it. Okay, so l- l- let me show you what she was told. 9 to 18, during praise and worship. She says, I saw this long, by the way, in our 41 years of marriage, I think this is maybe the second or third prophecy she's had for me. She doesn't have a lot, but when she talks, I listen. I saw this long dock at the end of the dock, far, far in the distance. I saw clouds, a group of clouds. Then I saw Stan walking on this long dock. Stan had blinders on, was focused to get to the end of the dock. He would not let anything distract him. There were so many distractions on the way and I saw fat, fat fish sitting on the dock and he was walking by them. Some of them were trying to trip him, others were trying to push him in the water. They didn't want to have anything to do with you, but they were focused to get to, but you were focused to get to the cloud. Others were trying to push you out of the way. The fat fish were playing cards, eating, laughing, and having a good time. Stan reached near the end of the dock. The fish became thinner and thinner until the fish at the end were so skinny they were just skin and bones. But they were breathing. But they were just barely breathing. But Stan kept going. They looked like skeletons. Now, the fat fish are the pastures that don't like what I'm called to say. And they're the ones that are playing and having a good time. But the fish on the dock that are getting thinner and thinner are those people that are standing with the Lord. And they will not take the mark. They will not bend. They will not buckle. They can't be bought. That's you. I want you to be encouraged today. God is there. He is going to take care of you. Stand focused and would not stop. That's you. You were trying to get to that end goal that the Lord had spoken and promised to give you many years ago. As you got to the end of the dock, the clouds parted, and the clouds were covering a very large ship. This ship was revealed and was very, very large, so large, I cannot tell how large the ship was. all this time, this cloud was covering this large ship you were headed to. You know what the ship is? You have to do with it. You did not let anything deter you. You climbed the ladder onto this large ship and began to speak to not to the fat fish that were glorying in their food and glorying in themselves, but you began to speak to those that could barely take a breath. You began to speak to those fish who were dying on the dock. You were reviving them. The more you spoke, the more they came alive. The more you spoke, the more flesh, meat came on their bones. The fish were becoming whole again. See, this is you. You're going to be out spreading the gospel, <laughs> maybe even spreading food if you've got that Joseph Witcher, Joseph Kitchen the wheat, but you are going to be, when everybody else is scared to death and up in a fetal position, suck on their thumb, you're going to be part of that group that has a smile on your face, going out and telling people about Jesus. When everybody else is scared to death, you're just glad they're finally listening. Let's go on. This is your destiny, says the Lord. He says, so many times you wondered why the good old crowd, you know, the ones that were fat and happy, hadn't invited you in to speak, but you didn't let it deter you. You continued to stay on the path that I put you on. That's you. How many times you just started to turn off Prophecy Club, throw all this prophecy stuff away, and you didn't. Stuck with it. Good for you. You continued to stay focused. You didn't let them let them pull into your good old boy club, but you did not let them do that. You didn't let it deter you. How many times have your family and your friends thought you had a hole in the head? Called you knucklehead, weirdo, crackhead, cracked. The Lord says as you continued to walk that path, you knew that you would be speaking to those who were dying spiritually. Boom, that's you. They needed to be revived. That is your calling. See, if you're watching Prophecy Club, you are a watchman. That is why so many fish will be saved at the end of your ministry, because you will revive those who have revived spiritually. They will finally hear something that sounds like truth to them. They will finally be able to swallow the pill, so to speak. They will finally say, I do not like some of this, but I like the truth. They begin to recognize it's the truth. Do not be concerned. There will be others beside you, boom, that will help revive these fish, boom, that's you. You know that I've had this destiny for you from the beginning. You do. You know, Some of you have known it for many years, maybe since childhood. You know you're a watchman. You know you're supposed to be telling people about Jesus, telling people about the last days. You know it. Continue to seek after me and my truth, And I will continue to show you the truth. Not everything in the book is still complete. The Lord says, it is okay. I am showing you and revealing. Stay teachable, and I will show you those things that you must speak. Now, after it was over, and I thought it was in there, but she revealed to me, she says, the big ship, she says, I couldn't see. It was so big. It was from horizon to horizon. And it was filled with souls. Souls, I'll start getting emotional. Souls the Lord has given you. See, a lot of people don't like you. They don't like your message. They don't like you talking this prophecy stuff. They get sick and tired of it. i have had enough of that stuff. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've had the window shade pulled down on me many times too. But when you're called, you're called, and, and God just opens your eyes, you see things that others don't see. You understand deeper than they understand. God is, is, is open. So all right, let's get on to what I think is a very important topic. As, as we're talking about let, let, let me back up, show you the title here. What is the Abomination of Desolation? It's very important. What is the abomination of desolation and the fact that it starts the last three and a half years? Now, I know that Terry Bennett and Vicky Parnell and Byron Searle, all three of which I believe are hearing from God, all of them say that we're in the tribulation. I'm not totally ready yet to say that we are. I think when I'm alone with the Lord, I think we probably are, but I'm not ready to show it or say it officially. However, I'm going to show you something today, that when we see this, not only will we be in the tribulation, but we'll be in the middle of the tribulation. Now, what you're looking at is a drawing of the Ark of the Covenant. It's not with those funky other ones. I'm going to show you, there's like 30 different drawings, just garbage. This is the real one. This is what Ron Wyatt found. And he said that this top here was 600 pounds of pure gold. That's the lid. And then the blood of bulls and goats dropped on the mercy seat eastward. Jesus drops, his blood dropped on the mercy seat westward. Inside is the Ten Commandments and then the two poles that were never to be taken out of it. This is another drawing of it. This is another drawing of it. And then this is someone that actually made a wooden version of it, it's not gold, but it's just to give you an idea of what it actually looks like. Now, why is that important? Well, because on Jesus' crucifixion day, when the the soldier ran the sword in, I believe he ran it in his left side because he was probably right-handed and the heart is on the left side. So he ran the sword in here, right to the center of his heart, out came blood and water blood and water, because the platelets separate upon death. That proves he was dead. And then it ran down and and it cracked a, a thick rock that's about 20 foot th- uh, thick, and it ran down and it dripped on the Ark of the Covenant. God arranged for the lid, a stone lid. The Ark of the Covenant was in a stone box. He arranged for the stone lid to crack and Jesus' blood to drip on the mercy seat westward. Now, Here's where that ties in. Matthew 24 says, When you see, the, the, therefore, the, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, then let him which is in Judea flee to the mountains. What mountains? That's very important. Because I plan to be living in, in, in Israel at this time. I think I'm gonna be over there having to do with the oil in Israel and all that sort of stuff. Um, And I think when it says flee to the mountains, I don't think it's talking about flee to the mountains near Israel, just to east of Israel, or even to the mountains within Israel. I think it's talking about, and and I can show you the scriptures, and I don't think I'm prepared to do that today. But I believe what they're going to do is they're going to leave Jerusalem, and they're going to go straight south down to the real Mount Sinai, which is called Jabal el Laws, which means Mountain of Almonds. Okay, mountain of Almonds, that's what, that's what that means. Now, let's go on. Uh, let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything of the house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Woe to them that are with child, to them that give suck in those days. In other words, when you see the the Antichrist, and by that time we will probably already know is the Antichrist, but when we see him set on the Ark of the Covenant, we see him stop at a sacrifice and proclaim himself God, there will not be any more question. And at that time, if we're still in Jerusalem, but I think we prophecy students know that's the Antichrist long before then, we're going to be out of there. But if we're still there, we're going to run. We're going to run south down to the real Mount Sinai because the Bible says that we're going to offer up sacrifices of praise, not sacrifice of the blood of animals. Sacrifices of praise. That's a long story. I'll keep going. Uh, by the way, this let, me just say this let me just say it right out. You need to get this. You need to get it. This is the book. As you can see, it's full color. It's nice. Uh, as a matter of fact, I paid to have a whole slew of these books printed up because I think there's going to be a time when this book along with that DVD, are going to be priceless. So we have, I don't know, at least a pallet load of them. So let me explain. This is the DVD. This guy's three and a half hours. It's widescreen. The DVD explains the pictures. Now, this is kind of the picture book. Okay, I don't know what you're looking at. But this is all full of pictures, high resolution pictures. These pictures look like original pictures. I mean, they're really, really nice pictures. 157 pages, eight and a half by 11, high-res color. Now, the, if you get both of them, I think each one, this is 75, this is 75, but you get both for 100. You want both, and here's why. Because if you just look at the book, you see the pictures. You say, hmm, I wonder what that is. Now, it has a line down here that says, it appears to be the end of a metal rod. So, you have to watch the DVD to have it all explained. On the other hand, the DVD doesn't have the high resolution pictures. It can't. It's TV. This is, so you really need both of them. Best hundred bucks you ever spent. Here's what's in it. It, it, We cover, eh, that's not what I wanted to show you. All right, I'll explain to you what it, it covers in just a second. So when we go, if we're living in Israel at the time, when we run south down to the real Mount Sinai, this is what we will find. I've been there. I was there uh, October the 8th of 2022. I climbed Mount Sinai. I have been up inside the rock that Moses struck. It's about six stories tall, big square rock. I've been up inside it. Anyway, so this is a flat area where they, they did a lot of services. And then here is probably the crack where uh, Moses was hidden in the cleft of the rock. Up here is Elijah's cave they're pretty sure of. There's another large plateau right up here. And then the cleft in the rock, or excuse me, the, the top of Mount Sinai all up here is all blackened. And some people think it's because of the presence of the Lord burning it. Anyway, so all this is like really, really important stuff. Here's another drawing of it. Black and Peak, Cave of Elijah, Jebel El Oz, or Mount Sinai, cleft in the rock. Uh, they have the cleft in the different place. Uh, we don't know for certain exactly where it is. But anyway, get the books. Get the books, or the book and the DVD. So, what we're talking about is the Antichrist will confirm an agreement for seven years. In the middle of the seven years, he will cause animal sacrifice in Israel to cease. They're not sacrificing animals in Israel yet. That's another thing. When they start animal sacrifice in Israel, I will probably, there'll be some event like that. I'm going to jump in and say, okay, okay, okay. Tribulation really has started. He will sit on the Ark of the Covenant committing the abomination of desolation. So w- the abomination of desolation is when the Antichrist sets on the Ark of the Covenant. He will continue to corrupt or continue to have access to it until Jesus returns to cleanse it and those things written shall happen. Okay, now let's jump to the scriptures so I can explain what they say. Daniel 8, 8. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and he was strong, and the great horn was broken. And for it came up four notable ones towards the four heavens, winds of heaven. And take me a long time to explain that, but it's, we believe that that is talking about the um, um, uh, Alexander the Great. And out of one of his four generals is where the Antichrist is going to come from. And the problem is that doesn't tell us much because those four generals control a lot of land, okay? So those people say the Antichrist coming from Israel have a hole in their head. I'm sorry. I mean, excuse me, coming from America have a hole in their head. He's not coming from America. He has to be coming from the general area that was once uh, Alexander the Great or the European Union. Anyway, out of one of them came a little horn, that's the Antichrist, which waxed exceeding great towards the south, toward the east, and toward the pleasant land. The pleasant land would be Israel. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it cast out some of the hosts and the stars of the ground and stamped upon them. That's when his tail drew a third part of the stars and did cast them to the earth. That's past. Yeah, he magnified himself even to the prince of the hosts. What does that mean? That means he sits on the temple of sits in the temple of God, sitting on the ark of the covenant, showing himself that he is God. When he says he magnified himself even to the prince of the hosts, that's what it's saying. He's see, antichrist doesn't mean against Christ; it means in the place of Christ. That's what the devil wants. He wants the worship that was given to God. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the hosts, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of the sanctuary was cast down. In other words, it was made filthy. Now let's jump to the next one. And a host was given in him against the daily sacrifice. Means a lot of people accept the Antichrist, and they go against this whole thing of the daily sacrifice. See, because the Antichrist is going to sit on the Ark, on the Ark of the Covenant and say, okay, okay, wait a minute. I am God. You don't have to do that daily sacrifice stuff anymore. I'm here. See what I'm saying? By reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. So the Antichrist is going to do real well. A lot of people, most people, are going to accept him. And I heard one saint speaking to another unto their certain saint, which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice, and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot. Now, this is probably the most difficult thing in the entire Bible to understand. I think understanding who the seven thunders were was easier than this. But it said, I'm going to try to explain it to you today, and I hope I'm right. And if there's something I'm wrong on, this is probably it. And he said unto me, under two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. We're going to come back to that. Hang on. This is this is the the chart that I made up. That's in the back of my book, Secret Door, to understand Bible prophecy. Have charts in the back of it. If you haven't got this book, you got to get it right there. That chart, and then on the other side, it has chart. This is the uh, feasts chart. I call it. This is the overview of the seven-year tribulation. So you have those charts in the back of it. Now, okay, so let me explain. So the audible voice said, the seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. So that makes this the middle of the tribulation. I know you'd think it'd be in the middle of the chart, but I have time to lay it, uh, and I have room to lay it out that way. Okay, so the point is, the tribulation, according to my understanding, for many, many years, has been it is 2,520 days in the tribulation of seven years. And it starts from atonement and it ends on atonement. The last 1,260 days is from the sacrifice removed to Armageddon. Sacrifice is removed in the middle of the tribulation. That what is what denotes the abomination of desolation. That is what denotes the middle of the tribulation. When you see the antichrist head on the Ark of the Covenant, that is... The middle of the tribulation, and from that time you can count it. You can mark your calendar. I believe twenty-five hundred and let me get this right: twenty-five hundred and sixty days. I want to make certain I'm saying right. Later is Armageddon, and that's the day Jesus returns. Now the problem is the earth turns up, turns upside down. He shortens the days, so we still don't know exactly. No man knows the day or the hour. Then there's another scripture I'm about to show you. It's 1,290 days from the sacrifice being removed to the sanctuary being cleansed. I'll show you another scripture It says from here, I believe this is the way it works, from here way out to here is 2,900 days. Now, that may explain why Vicky says, well, the first, I think she says the first five seals are open, but she says that the tribulation is longer than seven years. Now, she didn't say how long it is. And there again is the rub. We're trying to figure this all exa- exa- out exactly. Now, let's go on to the next one here. Let me show you. So, now we're in Daniel eleven thirty one. And the arm shall stand in his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength. In other words, that's the Antichrist going in and setting on the Ark of the Covenant. And shall take away the daily sacrifice, and he shall place the abomination that maketh the desolate. That is him setting the Ark of the Covenant, and probably also the image of the beast being put there. Then uh, Daniel twelve eleven says, and from the time of the daily sacrifice being taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, him setting on the Ark of the Covenant, there shall be 1,290 days. So that's where we get this, okay? In the middle of the tribulation, the Antichrist will sit on the Ark of the Covenant and proclaim himself to be God. When he does, those familiar with Matthew 24 will recognize the act as the abomination of desolation. Jesus warned people that when they see the abomination to flee Jerusalem, when they flee, the dragon cast water out of his mouth to drown the woman. And that is when 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4, the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So that's when he sets on this saying, I'm God, stop all the animal sacrifice. Let me jump back down here. I'm jumping around a little bit here. The Bible says that the earth helps the woman who swallows up the flood. The woman will flee to a place prepared for God where she is supernaturally protected by God for the last three and a half years. I believe that that is Mount Sinai. The woman, those that keep the commandments of God, have the testimony of Jesus Christ, fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a 1,203 score days. In other words, 1,260 days. And there was war in heaven. That's in the middle of the tribulation. Yes, I know there's already been one war, but there's another war in heaven. First war kicked out the angels, but apparently they somehow regained access. But the second one specifically kicks Lucifer out, and that's when he goes down and inhabits the Antichrist's body. He is the one that sits on the Ark of the Covenant. That is his lifelong goal, is to receive the worship of God's people, and if he has to do it by force, he's quite willing to do that. Where he hath prepared a place of God, or they shall feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon of the dragon. fought fighting his angels prevailed not, neither was the found place any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. That takes place here, in the middle of the tribulation. It's also when the two witnesses show up. Uh, let's see, that's when John eats the sweet roll, or that's when it takes place and starts working. Uh, the War in heaven, daily wound is healed, abomination of desolation is commanded. Okay, all of that takes place here. Let me jump back down to where I was here. The most important part of this tour that I was on, Leslie and I, was the information about the Ark Arch- of the Covenant. When the world sees the information regarding the Ark of the Covenant, it will remove all doubt that this is the genuine Ark of the Covenant, and thus, that the Bible is true. When the world can see for themselves the hard evidence, the three cross holes, the three signs, the crack, the blood of the crack, I've covered this before, the blood on the cover of the Ark, and the stone lid cracked, allowing the blood through, and the blood on the west side of the Ark of the Covenant, there will be no doubt that Jesus really is the Messiah. Now, I'm gonna strongly recommend that you get this book. In this book, this is what it covers. Sodom and Gomorrah with cremated bone, brim, brimstone ash near the Dead Sea. Noah's Ark with a man-made metal petrified wood of the exact length as mentioned in the Bible. Red Sea Crossing with a 3400 3, old ancient column marking the location. Red Sea Crossing of Mount Sinai. Uh, by, uh, by the way, I've been to all these places. I've been there. Leslie and I have. We can we can verify all of it. This book, that's, that's the reason <laughs> we had it printed, more of them, so we can offer it. This book is awesome. And the DVD that goes along it, I got it on the book thing here behind me. I just didn't bring it out. But uh, let me show you something here. Let me show you something. Okay, this is a human femur bone, and this is one that they uh, found underneath the Red Sea, at the bottom of the Red Sea. Again, get the book and the DVD. It's three and a half hours. You, You will absolutely love it. So it covers Noah's Ark, Sodom and Gomorrah, the Red Sea Crossing, Mount Sinai, and the Ark of the Covenant. These, this picture here, I actually took, I've been to this place. I mean, I've, I've been to that ziggurat, I've been to the, this is the sphinx shape. This is the ziggurat shape, and that used to be on either side of the entrance to the city. In other words, like, you see, you have two lions, and maybe at an entrance of a city. Well, this was a sphinx shape, and a ziggurat space, say, shape, that noted the entry to that, that, uh, to Sodom and Gomorrah. This is the rock that Moses struck, and water came out. I've been there. I've got pictures all up in me, up inside it and everything, but it's like six stories tall. It's huge. And water came pouring out of that thing like a river in three different directions. Again, I've covered that before, so I'll just say, get the book and DVD, prophecyclub.com. Get it. You'll be glad you did. Let me talk about our three sponsors briefly. First, if you want to get gold or silver, we're going to send you to 800-200-GOLD or prophecyclubgold.com, prophecyclubgold.com. Second, if you want to get long-term emergency food, the only place I would send you to is josephskitchen.com. It is what I believe is God's long-term storage food. As you recall, Pharaoh and Joseph, what fed the world for seven years was wheat. Most of your long-term storage places, nine to $10,000 to feed one person for one year. Joseph's Kitchen can show you how to do it for about $1,000, one person, one year. And EMP Shield. If you want your car to start, if you want your computers to start after some kind of nuclear event, that's the device to get. And if you go to EMPShield.com and use the promo code PROPHECY, get your $50 discount and help your profits.